Hello. Welcome to our first ever <gasps> episode of Dirtcast, Jezebel's uh, new celebrity gossip podcast. <laughs> I am Madeline Davies. I am Bobby Finger. Two of the best and brightest of our website, I'll say. <laughs> Absolutely. The most essential. No one else at the website writes anything more important than what Maddie and I write. <laughs> yeah, which is to say that no we argument. write the dumbest shit on the website. <laughs> but you know what? There needs to be a place for that, Bobby. Yeah. Um, and we're happy to we're happy to dish it out to all of you. Yeah. And it's we got like some dirty dish this week. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have dirty dish every week. Because if there's one thing about the celebrity dish, it's always dirty. And it's, it's never also getting like, clean. If there's one thing about the dish that you want to order, you're just always like, add a little dirt. <laughs> yeah. Add a little dirt to that. Mm-hmm. Spice it up with some dirt. And... Maddie and I, oh, you know, we should we should drink dirty martinis every time we record Ooh, this. That's very sexy. Yeah, at, very at sex like in the city. Eleven a.m. or whatever. Yeah. whatever Bobby's a real Samantha. <laughs> uh, extra dirty, please. We always we'll just order. We'll ask our our lovely producers for extra dirty martinis and yeah. just watch them ignore us. Like I don't know. Like we'll be like, <laughs> you know what a microphone looks like? Dick. Mm. <laughs> How was your Super Bowl? party did you go to a party i went watch? to two parties Were you at two two parties that's a lot i actually have something to say about the super bowl what um i don't care yeah but at the beginning of the second half when it was like the ravens are clearly gonna just like clean out the patriots was mm-hmm. the assumption um clean out is maybe a sports <laughs> i don't know when it was like you know the ravens are just gonna win they're gonna win no matter what um i just to like play against the odds, put $5 on the Patriots. Oh. Which just shows always, like never bet against the devil. Like, cause the devil's <laughs> always gonna win. And so I was just like, you know what? Like, I feel bad that they won because mm-hmm. they're like the tr- Donald Trump team. Yeah. But I also feel $5 richer, which I'm like, maybe this is how Republicans feel all the time. That's really good. I'm I'm proud of you for getting $5. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I. it's funny that I, as as you know, I know nothing about sports, but I think it's really funny that I know enough about sports to know that like I'm supposed to hate Tom Brady. Yes, you know, like yeah, and that was that was enough. That was enough to enjoy the Super Bowl. Like I was like, well, as long as he doesn't win. Yeah, and then he won. Yeah, and then he won. I mean, we should make this really clear. This is not a sports podcast. No, Bobby and I don't. Can I go as far as say we don't care about sports? Yeah, I don't care. Also, football. All, the whole time I was watching the Super Bowl, I was very nervous about brain injuries. They're all going to be dead in 10 years. I know. So it's like good for Tom Brady, but also, That's sorry. why he supports Trump. Sorry. Now now I know why He's... you make $30 million a year or yeah. whatever it is. There was a really funny, um, they like cut to the stands to Tom Brady's wife, Giselle, which mm-hmm. again, it's kind of more our realm. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like jumping up and down and she dropped her phone <gasps> and it felt good. I hope it cracked. I love like watching like beautiful people fail. She, mundane things but then she'd just get another one she wouldn't even notice that it broke yeah it's she it's like a kleenex box where she's just like taking out like another diamond encrusted iphone um, um but this is a pop culture podcast right. it's a celebrity news podcast yeah. and we have a, a guest later on in the show yeah we have a great guest we have on rob shooter he is the devious mastermind behind naughty gossip which is a comprehensive celebrity news website um, and in addition to that, he also has this incredibly storied career in PR and in the tabloid industry. So while we, of course, just like love to like shoot the shit about celebrity news stuff, we also kind of want to be educational mm-hmm. and show you like why you should question everything. everything. Yeah, yeah, everything that you see. 
So what should we talk about first? What is our dirtiest dirt this week? Our dirtiest dirt. Um, Let's start off talking about uh, Johnny Depp being like tremendously uh, broke, apparently. I wasn't sure what you were going to say. Tremendously disgusting, tremendously repulsive. Yeah, tremendously drunk, (laughs) tremendously toothless. Tremendously broke. Um, tremendously a shell of what he once was. <laughs> so he is, he is currently draining money because he's involved in several lawsuits, a recent divorce. Yes. Um, and what else? And he, he, the only thing that's helping him out is the story that came out today or last night that he switched agencies a few months ago because his agency that he had had for almost 30 years took so much of a commission from everything that he did so he decided to switch to CAA from UTA and those like is that why he made so many shitty movies Mm. he was just like I need that money maybe so in like a Nicolas Cage way but whenever that story came out last week last year no one sort of thought about it because agency news is so boring and you don't really think about it as you don't like it's just like Ari Gold just being like ah Lloyd yeah it seems so insidery that like why would it matter but the story today was that the reason it matters is because he was losing so much money that he had to find ways to stop losing money and he was that was one of the biggest drains was so much of his salary would go as commission to his agent who he had for almost 30 years not to go back to this but in addition to like figuring out ways not to lose so much money Mm -hmm. could he figure out ways to not lose so many teeth that are currently rotting out of his head i feel like it's 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 very giselleian in a way like you mentioned where it's like if a celebrity loses a tooth they can buy a new tooth but i don't think he's gonna do that i think he like (laughs) likes that they're like he look i think he's like really into like looking like a french wino you know um, well, he is a wino because that was another story of one of his wino forever. One of his problems is financial problems that he spends. How much was it on wine? Um, well, month? his ex managers in a lawsuit said that he spends two million dollars a month, and thirty thousand of that is on wine. I don't even know how much wine that is. How much? What does that look like? It's just like um, you know, like in olden times when it just was like a barrel with a cork in it. <laughs> yeah, it's just um, it's basically a coliseum full of those. <laughs> Full of those barrels. <laughs> and he has to I I would like to think that maybe if he were that rich spending that much money on wine, that he is, you know, getting thirty really expensive bottles of wine a month. You yeah. know, like he's at a restaurant and orders the most expensive champagne and the most expensive whatever. Yeah, but no, I he's sort like, of think he's buying trash. It's and like just mad dog it. twenty twenty or whatever. <laughs> he's just drinking like who is the uh, French Gerard Depardieu. Oh yeah, doesn't he drink like six bottles of wine? Yeah, he also like pisses himself on airplanes, <laughs> so it's really someone to. Uh, and he's somehow still alive. Life. Yeah, it's but true. I think he and... has teeth. His teeth look fine. <laughs> I just never noticed his teeth. Whereas, like, it's the har- it's a very difficult thing to ignore Johnny Depp's teeth. Bobby's just such a Depardieu head. <laughs> Depardieu. Um, and what else is what else is very 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 <laughs> dirty this week? Um, I think uh, one of just sort of like in lines with in lines with the Patriots winning and Trump winning, um, Mel Gibson and uh, Vince Vaughn, two of Hollywood's most horrific and bloated conservatives, um, are starring in like a Blue Lives Matter movie mm-hmm. is what we learned last week. Are they both starring it? Because that was, are they in it? Are they both in it? Or is like one of them the director and one? No, they're actually starring it. They're both in it. They're both starring it. Oh my goodness. Um, Yeah. So it's like a police shooting movie from the cop's point of view, which it's like, finally, (laughs) finally the cops get their say. And these two men are 
going to like even if this script existed separate from them yes they are just and it was already bad right they're just going to ramp up like right everything that will make the most awful all lives matter people like hoot and holler like oh yeah yeah um, and it's like what's the chance that someone like I don't know. brings a gun into one of those theaters not in like a in a shooting way that went dark i just meant like a, in a conceal and carry way yeah that is disgusting number one because vince vaughn Believes in arming teachers with guns. I'm looking at our document just because we took notes. It's important to pay attention to these things that Vince Vaughn believes. Yeah, he we believes were... in arming teachers with guns and that affirmative action is racist. Hmm. <laughs> if you want some uh, hard evidence about Vince Vaughn's sort of radical beliefs and opinions, you have to look no further than GQ magazine where he gave where an all the interview bad boys. where all the bad boys go talk about being a bad boy and the bad boy lifestyle. And part of the bad boy lifestyle, if you're Vince Vaughn, is believing that teachers should have guns um, <laughs> because it would prevent them from getting shot. And here's something that Charming. he said. Yeah, here's, here's his, his exact quote. In all our schools, it is illegal to have guns on campus. So again and again, these guys go and shoot up these fucking schools because they know there are no guns there. They are monsters killing six-year-olds. I mean, he's, like, such a fucking dick. I don't know. Remember, like, when he was, like, so hot? Mm -hmm. He was so hot. I had a picture of him in my locker. In, in like, Return to Paradise? Um, I had it. was Mine was more JP2, Jurassic Park <laughs> 2, Lost World. No. Ooh, sci anthro anthropologist. What was he in that? Scientist. I don't know. He wore, like, sunglasses. Well, no, was that was Jack Goldblum. He was a <laughs> photographer. Yeah, but the point is, like, he used to be, like, really foxy mm -hmm. and, like, it's just like, just like his politics, he's just been kind of like weighed down. Mm -hmm. And it's, what can you expect from the star of True Detective season two? What a stinker. What a am stinker. I right? uh, speaking of stinkers and dicks, Mel Gibson as well. Another bad <laughs> That's man. That's like a really, like a, a, a nice way to describe him. Yeah. Because Mel uh, Gibson is like a known misogynist, a known racist, an anti-Semite. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. He has recordings with his um, ex-girlfriend, Oksana. Grigorieva. How's that? Yeah, that's good. Um, where she released them because uh, he just would call her and berate her. This is like the mother of his child. Mm -hmm. And he would just call her and berate her and like use the N-word a bunch. You look like a fucking bitch on heat. And if you get raped by a pack of niggers, it'll be your fault. All right? Because you provoked it. You are provocatively dressed all the time with your fake boobs. You feel you have to show off tight outfits and tight pants and stuff. You see your pussy from behind. And that green thing today was enough. That's provocative. Okay? I'm telling you. I'm just telling you the truth. I don't like it. I don't want that woman. I don't want you. I think we both listened to these tapes for the first time in a while. I would say mm -hmm. years. Yes. And it's really shocking because somehow in my memory i had forgotten how bad they were i had too and and i'm not a forgiving person right. i hold on to a grudge with a vice-like grip and i it's not like i had considered him less of a monster as the years went by i still un under understood that he was a very bad man but i forgot that he said these awful things right he so like casually like, yeah just like the fact that he so easily could like tell again the mother of his child that mm -hmm. she's gonna get raped by like a pack of n-words mm -hmm. is just like oh you're a bad man yeah and like, he is now a oscar nominee and he will be at the oscars this year yeah i mean like best friend to jodie foster and just mm -hmm. you know good for him for bouncing back i love a comeback story it is it is crazy i think this has been written about but the fact that his apology tour was 
to not have an apology tour and to just wait, <laughs> you know, which yeah. is, I mean, that is, that's successful. It worked for him. He just yeah. didn't say anything for a long time. What is that, 10 years almost? Yeah. I mean, so in 2006 is when he had that, like, very uh, famous arrest for mm -hmm. um, driving drunk um, where he said to one cop, fucking Jews. The Jews are responsible for all the wars in the world. Are you a Jew? Mm -hmm. um, and then followed up by saying to the female arresting officer, what do you think you're looking at, sugar tits? Which the first one is horrible. I still think sugar tits is one of the funniest comments <laughs> of all time. <laughs> I mean, just imagining saying a drunk, a drunk, bearded, disgusting Mel Gibson screaming sugar tits at a cop is really disgusting. And like, and that is, it's just funny that he's now making this Blue Lives Matter movie yeah. when he has been the, the harassing yeah. civilian. I wonder, had she like shot him, what sympathy he would have at this point? Just uh, in the foot. Just in the foot, yeah. Just in one of his little toesies. <laughs> um... And I can't stand listening to Andrew Garfield and other cast members in Hacksaw Ridge talk about how much of a dream he is to work with and that he's like a creative genius. It's just you, if you associate your, yourself with Mel Gibson, like you will automatically go down several notches yes. in terms of respectability. Right. But I think maybe not to not to defend them. Don't but it's you like, do it. Don't, Bobby. But it almost feels Bobby. like maybe they forgot how bad it was in the yeah. same way we forgot how bad it was. Or maybe they were never really paying attention. I think you see that a lot with people who like work with Roman Polanski is where they'll be like, well, I didn't know. And yeah. it's like, well, you're an idiot, first of all. Mm -hmm. But two, it's just like... Like he's a genius. Yeah, you got to get that money. Who Ro cares who's giving it to you? Rosemary's baby. He's a genius. Um, so moving on. Oh, speaking of directors, we talked a lot about directors. Yeah, this won't be like so heavy on director chat from now on. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> Next shitty week, white, gonna be like... shitty white men directors. <laughs> yeah. um, although James Cameron is is not a monster, he just sort of seems like a dick. A, a dick. Yeah, he <laughs> um, like his crimes are very very low on yeah. the list. It's not like I will lose respect for anyone like anyone who's in one of his movies. Right. Sigourney Weaver's in Avatar too. I'm not going to be like, what a bitch. You know, <laughs> you have your other reasons. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, so he basically, James Cameron was asked about a Mythbusters episode from several years ago in which the Mythbusters, the scientists on the Mythbusters said that, yes, 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 James, James Cameron, Jack could have gotten on that door and this he is like and the Rose most, could have survived. We'll say the most annoying Titanic debate of all time. <laughs> I don't know about you, but... I intend to write a strongly worded letter to the White Star line about all this. <laughs> Both Jack and Rose could have fit on the door and lived. I have proven this false so many times, <laughs> personally. In the North Atlantic, you've gone out there with the door. Yeah, I have just that. That's what I took. I took a year off to prove <laughs> MythBusters wrong. Because they say that they could have both gotten on. So someone brought it up in an interview. To his credit, it wasn't him stewing about it. He was asked about it. Thank you for giving credit. But to he James sort Cameron. of, but he sort of he blew a gasket. Got some respect yeah. from you. But he blew a gasket and was just like, "Look, I'm sick of this shit." Yeah. There's no way he could have lived. And his ultimate argument is that it's a fictional story. He wrote the screenplay, and in the screenplay, it says Jack tries to get on the door, can't. Drums. Dies. <laughs> like, dead. He's like, just look at the screenplay. He gave a page number. Yeah. Um, but 147 I like, for all all the screenplay heads out there. God. Um, he has to sort of be nice to the Mythbusters guys by the yeah. end. And so he says, they're fun guys. And I love doing that show with them. But they're full of shit. How often do you think? <laughs> I feel like 
James Cameron says they're full of shit often. That seems like <laughs> yeah. a very James Cameron. Anytime line. he like gets a review, he's like, ah, I'm full of shit. Uh, I think that Jack dying was the best thing that ever happened to Rose DeWitt. Buttaker, Bucator. Bucator. <laughs> Dawson. Because I feel like she would have felt chained to him. And she may not have gone out on all of her little adventures that we saw in the photos that she kept on her nightstand. I feel like she would have just been so obsessed with Jack's success and she never would have lived for herself, Huh? maybe. Don't you think that that kind of like takes back all of the lessons she learned while aboard the Titanic? Maybe, but she was just too into him, I feel like. She was too into him. He... He didn't, I just, he I didn't. He saved her, Bobby. I know that he saved her. I just never got that Jack was as in love with Rose as Rose was with him. I feel like nothing was more meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> I still, I still think that her life ended up so like good. Yeah. That it's hard to be that upset about his death. Don't you feel like bad for her husband though? Who you mean you never meet? Maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe. Because I bet she was always just like, Ugh, when Jack <laughs> fucked me in that car, it felt a lot more exciting. Ugh, when Jack took me on a boat, that was better. And um, he's just like, oh, Jack, 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 leave him in the ocean. Maybe he, maybe he left. We don't know that he died. We don't know that he didn't divorce her. <laughs> maybe he like James Cameron her and just like. <laughs> yeah. The woman who played Rose's granddaughter ended up falling in love with James Cameron. And then they got married and James Cameron left Linda Hamilton for Rose's granddaughter, which yes. is a really fun piece of trivia. One of my favorite pieces of movie trivia. Of all time. I think of all time. Yeah. All right. Well, now that we've wrapped up that Bobby is so wrong about Titanic <laughs> and doesn't believe in love, um, I have a question for you. Okay. Do okay. you want to go to a real party? Yeah. Because um, uh, you know why? Because I think I'm a, a big tough man. <laughs> is that what she says? Yeah. You think you're a big tough man? You think you're a big tough man? Um, yeah. I want to go to a real party and I want to stand on my toes. Um, but actually what I want to do, Maddie, is I want to play a game with you. Oh my God. This is how Saw starts. <laughs> so this week we're going to play a game that Maddie created. It's a terrible idea. I and don't know why I'm... And it's a vocal fry game. Maddie's going to have to guess the vocal fry um, of these Kardashian clips. So which Kardashian sister is saying these words or phrases or noises. I will also say um, I kind of regret doing this because uh, despite knowing a lot about them, I have not kept up with the Kardashians. I think you're going to do okay. Thank you, Bobby. There aren't many options, you know? Hopefully um, one is just Rob. So <laughs> so here we go. Okay. Lay them on me. I'm ready. I feel like... Chloe? Wrong. Oh, Courtney. No. Oh, oh sorry. I told you. Fuck, you no, were wrong, though. No, you got it wrong twice, twice in a row. Yeah. Wow. 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 Huh. I actually had that one labeled Kim underscore easy. Uh, I don't. That's why I did it first. Oh, okay. Um, uh, okay. Let's do this one. We should be done. What a nightmare. Courtney. Chloe. 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 That's what I meant to say the first time. Um, wow. That, I chose that one because it was, it had a lot of fry in it. Uh, yeah, it had know. a lot of fry in it. Here we go. Number two. I mean, number three. three. Literally. Kendall. Oh. Kim? Courtney? It's Chloe. It's <laughs> Chloe. Come on. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I hope you guys are playing along at home and doing much better than I could have done. Okay. Skid Row. Courtney. No. Kim. 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 
Kim and Courtney are very similar. I had forgotten how similar they are until I was like, they all are kind of similar because they're all really like up here. Up like there. they all tend to talk like with the bridge of their nose. Chloe has the most distinct voice, but even sometimes she can veer into uh, sister territory. Yeah. So this is a little, this is going to be fun. Here we go. So far, you've gotten a big fat zero. No, I've gotten two if you gave me two guesses. Two guesses. That doesn't count. You've gotten a big <laughs> fat zero. Can we get one? Because that was a half point each because okay. I got on the second try. Okay, fine. That That's good. Uh, this is this is fun. Here we go. You know, a- Courtney. Courtney, you got it right. <laughs> Look at that. And then here we go. I had to really get in the zone there. You know, Chloe. Chloe, you got it. Look at I that. Just had to get war- I just had to get warmed up. And then you know, <laughs> Kim. Kim. Yes. Uh, and I've got one more. You know, so those you know, you got a you know for each sister. Okay. And now here's another one. So now you can't use process of elimination anymore. I wasn't using process of elimination. I was okay, using just my say it, just say it. honed in ear. You know. That one is Courtney. Courtney, you yes! got it right. <laughs> right. Four in a row. That's great. Um, and so I have I have one more because okay. I want to see. This one's just a noise. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, uh, oh, my God. I feel so much pressure on me right now. Mm. It is Kim, Chloe, Courtney, Kylie. It's Kylie. Really? I actually yeah. didn't know Kylie could make noise. It's, I thought she was just kind of like a, a little puppet. It's Kylie. I did. I did want to do a little. I wanted to do a little trick question at the end. No, I appreciate that. But uh, again, uh, I I don't think I've ever heard Kylie speak before. She has a she has a distinct voice. I guess like I heard her speak when she was a child because I think I watched the first couple seasons of that. And but I, was she ever a child? Mm, mm, no. <laughs> she may have been technically, but I don't think she ever experienced like childhood joy. I think she was miserable her entire childhood. Ugh. I think she probably like felt like an adult. Again, I just like feel like she's all um, like, again, most of what I know from her is just Instagram. So it's yeah. very hard to imagine what she talks like. She just she doesn't talk much. And when she does... She as she's gotten older, she started sounding more like her sisters. Yeah, and I think she's just taking on their affectations and her their their vocal stylings. I don't know. So, what was my final score? Four and a half. <laughs> Four and a half. Four, no, right. five. Five. It was five. Yes, I got five. Five out of I think nine or ten. I'm really bad at keeping score. You know what's what's great though is that like the Kardashians, we can kind of take our failures and turn them into um, money making. Uh, entities. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, hey, we're useless at keeping score, at guessing vocal prize. <laughs> but you know what? Like, we can turn this into an empire. Yeah. Um, and so if any of you wanted to send us money, <laughs> the address is 6969 420 Street. <laughs> uh, My butt. All right, so we are so excited to introduce our debut guest. This is the first guest we've ever had. Mm -hmm. Um, This is the first person we reached out to because we knew he would bring the dirt for us. Mm -hmm. Um, This is Rob Shooter of Naughty Gossip. Hello, hello, hello. I'm so sorry I'm your first guest. Was Jonathan Chevin not available? Um, (laughs) Jonathan Chevin is... He was out eating desserts in Paris. He's following Kim around. Yeah, I don't know if he he has a really exceptional palate um, (laughs) and he tastes strawberries, unlike how any of us taste strawberries. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here. I'm a big fan of Jezebel. You're so... 
cheeky and naughty. We do like being We're a little naughty. You are yeah. naughty. That's why we wanted someone naughty in here to be like naughty <laughs> Very with naughty. us. Yeah. I have to We're turn always... myself down all the time because I'm too naughty sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you're just going to like put the dial <laughs> yeah, down a little bit. there's no nice to that. It's just naughty. Well, I think what's a, like an amazing thing about your career is that you have come at celebrity gossip from all sides where it's just, you know, you worked in PR. <laughs> then you worked in tabloids and now you run a tabloid website. I way. love this. I've always liked gossiping when I was a little fat kid. Like gossip <laughs> stopped me from getting beat up. Like, so I, I liked to, I knew what everybody was doing in the playground. You were like, I knew the, what they were yeah. all doing around the school. Would you blackmail the bullies? I like, never blackmailed them, but I made it very clear that I knew their secret. It's very much <laughs> so like, it's sort yeah. of, blackmail's a harsh word. I would say I convinced them kindly <laughs> with dirt to leave me alone. No, I like it. I like gossiping. I, and I started as a publicist and I think it really, really helped because for all those years of following J-Lo around or Diddy or Britney Spears or Jessica Simpson, these clients, A, you get to meet every hair and makeup person in Hollywood, which oh. is a great way to start gossip. <laughs> you know, every driver in Hollywood was a great way to start gossip. And you start to like understand them. So now I can see stories or when people pitch me stories, mm. I know what's sort of true even before I fact check it. Right. So I just know these creatures. I know who they are. I know how they operate. Mm -hmm. Would you say that so drivers and hairdressers are probably the most reliable Drivers? Sources? Well, that's how Ashton got like caught cheating on cheating on Demi Moore. Allegedly, like he had sex with that girl in the hotel, mm -hmm. and then to be a gentleman, which always messes you up, he got her a car <laughs> in the morning. And if you had sex with Ashton and you left his hotel and you got into a car to drive you home, uh -huh. the first thing you'd do is get on the back seat and call every girlfriend you know, saying, "I had sex with Ashton." Oh, and the driver sits there listening to everything. And so, like drivers are an amazing source. Hair and makeup know everything. But if you think about it in your own life, right. your hairdresser knows everything about you. Well, it's like you're sitting there for so long. You just talk and, it's and like, talk and talk. And, and the other best to. place uh, during award shows is I always have a girl in an elevator just riding it up and down for four <laughs> hours, up and down. That's and just and, a job. And then, yeah, pay her. Just stand in the elevator and press penthouse ground floor, penthouse <laughs> ground floor. And the celebrities come on and and the other place too is at award shows, at hotels. I'm quite happy to say I my staff will sit in a bathroom cubicle for three hours, <laughs> three hours. it's so like it's so LA confidential like so just like <laughs> it's sort of awful and the best bathroom is, is the men's Really? The, oh, the, the men gossip more than the women do. Really? Now oh that's a surprise to me. The men gossip. Hollywood that Ben Affleck <laughs> talk talk talk. Um so how do how do tabloids print lie after lie after lie without getting sued? It's a good question. I'd argue, I, I have a column in the National Enquirer called Straight Shooter, the irony of which they don't get. But I, <laughs> I, I love it. So I, it's called Straight Shooter. My friends laugh out loud laughing at me. I'm the gayest person you could ever meet. But um, i got to say for the Enquirer, they get stuff right and they're really old school journalists. Like, mm -hmm. they follow up, they have sources, they 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 will they pay for sources, they have legal. So I'd argue that where I work is 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 accurate, but I know what you mean. There are some of those weekly magazines out there who now sort of have a soap opera approach to celebrities. Yeah. I think what you're asking about getting sued is that, is really Jennifer Anderson going to sue you for saying she's having another baby? So there's a lot of stories out there that I just don't think it's worth the celebrities time or effort to mm -hmm. sort of fact check or, to, or to, to care about. And remember, if a celebrity sues and you get them on the, new, uh, on the witness stand, then you can ask them really anything. Okay. And so, like a lot of the times, you have to be very careful. I think celebrity-wise, what are you gonna, what are you gonna go after, and what are you not? Mm -hmm. 
So yeah. staying silent is sort of like a self-preservation as well. well I think, sort of, yeah. what is it, the, stri- the Streisand yeah. effect? Is that what it's called? Where it's like if you, um, as a celebrity, react more to a rumor, people are going to think it's more true. People will believe right. it more, yeah. And, and I think if you, if, you act, if you react really strongly to one rumor about yourself and not the others, then I think the public will think the other ones are true. Mm-hmm. So you either constantly go after this stuff, like in the past, I guess, Tom Cruise has been probably the most aggressive. Right. Um, but the stories on him have been true. Like mm-hmm. when when he after I think it was in touch he went after that said he hadn't seen Suri for X amount of days. Right. They were right. And they're right. still counting. <laughs> they were yeah. right. They're he still, has still hasn't seen her. It's That's like an <laughs> advent calendar of pain. <laughs> yes. Of childhood so like, pain. So I think I get what you're saying. It's annoying, I think, to journalists and people in the profession who work really hard cultivating sources and right. stories. And then you 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 know you you work your tail off and for hours trying to get something right, and you get a quarter of the hits of another website <laughs> that just is like Liza Minnelli is a lesbian. <laughs> like, what? So it's, it is annoying and it annoys me. Mm-hmm. But I think also too when you tell a story and you you go you you want to do a good job of it, and you're gonna spend hours researching it or days following up. Make sure it's something people care about. You worked in PR for years. I loved it. Like you said, you worked for Jessica Simpson, J-Lo, you worked for J-Lo. Diddy, Bon Jovi, Alicia Keys. Ooh. Alicia was the only one I had that was like like super, super smart. Not to the yeah. other, but Alicia's <laughs> almost like genius smart. She intimidated me. I didn't right. know what to do with her. I yeah. had like, you know, the, the Simpsons. <laughs> like, Jessica, uh, no, you're Alicia. like, just like distract her with something <laughs> shiny. <laughs> right. She'll be fine. <laughs> do you want to have some tuna, Jessica? But Alicia was devil, devilishly smart. So yeah, I had a yeah. whole bunch of them. I had Naomi Campbell for a while. It was a fun job. I really liked her. Um, so that makes me wonder, like we kind of have noticed, and that's this is not like a, the first time anyone's noticed this, is that celebrities tend to drop news on Wednesdays so that the tabloid covers don't get to pick, cover them. Yeah, I think in the old days that used to work. So when I was working for Jessica, her and Nick were in trouble for a long time, but we broke the story on a Thanksgiving weekend or something. But it mm-hmm. worked 10 years ago because there was nobody sort of really around. And by the time Monday came, it was still a big story. Like, but but that's gone now because I think the magazines are not driving the conversation. It's the websites. Right. Yeah. And the, and the tweets. And the, yeah. And Instagram. So I think it's tweets and Instagram and websites. So I think gone is that luxury. You know, yeah, the weekends are a little slower. They're slower on our websites, mm-hmm. on your websites. But, um, you know, they do try to time it. But I, I, in the same way, in, in politics, they try to dump all the bad news on a Friday. But I, it doesn't really work anymore. They yeah. did that with, with Brad and Angelina. They, they revealed their divorce on a Tuesday. And then when the when the tabloids came out on a Wednesday, none of them had. Right. It was Brad all Angelino. like it was all about Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, it was all about Jennifer, <laughs> Aniston. which I think is yeah, which I think is more like a way to play a mean trick on them than to control the story now. Like yeah. I just think they're messing with them. So I, I think that you know if Brad and Andrew get divorced, they did. It's going to be a massive story, whatever day that mm-hmm. is. And if it's if it's on the cover of People or Us Weekly or In Touch, it doesn't make any difference. That's a big story. So I think they're just messing with the magazines at that point. Yeah, or like Beyonce being like on Wednesday. But you would think, though, but you would think, I mean, People Magazine has been awfully good to Brad and Angie for 10 years. I mean, awfully good. Yes. They were really the last ones to report that they were together. Mm -hmm. They were still like, Brad's with Jen. (laughs) And so after being all like really good to them for over 10 years, if I was the editor and Team Angie didn't give me the heads up, Mm -hmm. I'd be like pissed. Right. I've been kissing your butt for 10 years. Yeah, all the stories we didn't run. Yeah, all the stories we never did. And finally, there's a real story here. And you forgot to mention it. Mm. I'd be like, that's not, that doesn't feel good. No. <laughs> I want to hear about like your history of 
uh, crisis management for celebrities. The, the hardest thing is to tell celebrities to shut up. So often you're paid a ton of money to tell them just to shut up. Like, <laughs> they just stop talking about it. Like, if you, pull the, if you pull the oxygen out of the fire, it does disappear. And mm-hmm. there's so much going on in the world. Today's story is going to be so boring tomorrow unless you keep bringing it up. Shut up. So that's step one. Step one is shut up. Well, I imagine with like (laughs) Twitter and Instagram, that becomes even harder because it's like they have a way to like tweet at millions of people. It's fascinating. I I left PR over 10 years ago. So Twitter really wasn't a big factor when I I was a publicist. My Mm -hmm. friends now that are still publicists are sort of worried about their jobs. I mean, why do you really need a publicist now? If when you have a movie, the movie company has plenty of publicists, so mm-hmm. they'll organize the cover of Vanity Fair and Vogue and what have you. If you have an album, the music companies have publicists. So I'd be like, why am I sort of paying you all this money to put out a statement that I can just put out on Twitter? Yeah, and write it in my app. Yeah, right. Screen grab uh, it. Yeah, so I think um, a lot of celebrities have really been empowered by social media because it's, I mean, it's a publicist nightmare. Publicists hate Twitter. They hate Instagram. They try and tell their clients to stay off it. But I think part of that is preserving their own job. I think it's Mm self-preservation. If you're not, you know, if you need me before you tweet, then that keeps me employed Mm -hmm. for a very long time. But if you really don't, then why am I here? Yeah. Do you know of any, any publicists who have lost their jobs or do you know of any celebrities who are just... I mean, well, Angelina pretty much does it all herself. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. like, um, I, I think Brad Brad's now has a publicist after he broke with her, but for a long time he didn't have one. And the Kardashians now have a publicist in-house, probably, the, you know, I would argue the most famous or the most press-worthy people in the world, mm-hmm. worthy is the wrong word, but who gets the most press in the world is the Kardashians. And if they don't need PMK or if they don't need a big agency, I think it's, you know, if other celebrities are looking around and being like, wow, maybe maybe I don't either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Time people change. I think um, the publicist now to figure out you know, another way of being useful because like gone are the days now where we were the only ones to talk b- between between a celebrity and the media. That's mm-hmm. gone. They talk directly themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and they do a pretty good All job of time. it. Or I love it. <laughs> I love it. Right. Now that you're in this business, oh, it's, it's fantastic. Great. Like, yeah. I never need to interview anybody ever again. They they say stuff on Twitter that they would never say if I asked them the question. They just wouldn't, they would A, I might not have the balls to ask. Uh And B, if I did have the balls to ask, I'm not sure. You wouldn't get the, you wouldn't get the answer. I get, I don't think they'd tell me. Yeah. Um, Why do you, that sort of, that sort of segues into this question. We wanted to talk about Taylor Swift for a second. She's kind of notoriously silent on, she doesn't speak much unless she's promoting something or if it's just, I'm hanging out with my friends. Um, Why do you think, or do you think that sort of relates to what you were saying? She's so silent about everything, including politics. Do you think it's just a self-preservation thing if I don't say anything? In a weird way, I think she comes from the old school of celebrities mm-hmm. where she controls everything. She's a control freak. I mean, mm-hmm. we can admit that. She, she she decides pretty much what goes on in her career. Her mother used to be the boss, but when her mother got sick, Taylor started to take over the management mm-hmm. role as well. And she's done a great job of it. So I think she doesn't she doesn't want you to know stuff that she doesn't want to tell you. Right. And so I think that when she's ready to tell us she's dating, she will. Mm-hmm. When she's ready to tell us she has a new album, she will. She's been a master at manipulating the press and the media. And I think it, with her, less is more. And the dirty little secret here is I think she's rather dull. So right. I think yeah. there's not that much to tell. So it makes her feel more mysterious and than again, she really is. It's very exciting that, like, Kim Kardashian was the one to kind of <laughs> topple that illusion a little she bit, did. which is just like, wow, of all the people. And she did it herself, just on yeah. Snapchat. Yeah. <laughs> herself. Taylor's interesting. Politics, too, is fascinating, especially because of this, this time 
it's different. Right. You know, this isn't about being a Republican or a Democrat. Something really big's going on. And I think even the most narcissistic, self-absorbed celebrities feel there's something going on. Mm -hmm. And so now they're willing to say a little, to dip their toe into that, that sort of world of politics, which they've always been very careful to stay away mm -hmm. from. But when Meryl Streep you know, when she when she gives you the green light, then it, it's much easier like to, to jump into that pool than it was before. It's right? like the Illuminati queen. It's just like let <laughs> <laughs> forth. To spend like her ten minutes, her ten minutes of being adored, of being honored, to spend that on Donald Trump tells you there's something much bigger going on than just a, a regular election. Well, and I think Taylor Swift is facing a lot of criticism right now because she's someone who really likes to embrace causes when it benefits her. And mm -hmm. now she's just sort of like... It's really a silence. I think they're figuring out, though, that silence might now be worse than actually speaking out. Yeah. Um, silence is like being a coward. Like, you, you cannot not have an opinion of this. You cannot have an opinion of George W. Bush. You can you can be like, oh, I didn't really care. Yeah. Or like or even Barack Obama. Some people are like, oh the country goes on. It doesn't this is really different. Right. And yeah. Not having an opinion of this, whether you love or hate this, is sort of you know that's countless something you know you know it's a conscious decision right. not to have an opinion. Mm -hmm. They're not just someone that doesn't like politics. Right. Yeah. You have to deliberately Decide, be like this I'm is... not going to talk about this. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> silence is silence isn't going to work for much longer. No, you got to pick under a side this, under this president. And it it's going to get worse, or yeah. it's going to get better, depending on what side you're on. Mm -hmm. Like this, this isn't going to be something that's going to disappear. This is, um, you know, this is the oxygen in the room. This is all we're talking about. Even on my side, on naughty gossip, um, the stories that click the best at the minute are Trump stuff. They want, they want Trump. SNL got its best ratings that it's had in 22 years, and it's because they're covering Trump. Mm -hmm. Like, Trump is entertainment. That You know, he was a reality star that yeah. became the president. And so I think... Um, Tabloids so, in the White House, basically. <laughs> <laughs> celebrities have to talk about this stuff, I think. Yeah. Well, and then so many of them have just, like, been on Celebrity Apprentice that they have to be like, well, when I knew whoever. <laughs> right, you know? right, 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 right. <laughs> um, so we actually, like, again, you run naughty gossip. I love it. You're uh, kind of a gossip king, I like you gossip. said. Um, can you like tell us just some stories of like upsetting celebrities or how I've upset them? I constantly upset Bethany Frankel. <laughs> constantly. She hates me. She calls me a cheap man, a cheap man's Perez. Cheap man's Perez. <laughs> I call her so, a cheap Kardashian. That's but so, like, so vile. She hates wow. me. So Bethany, I upset a lot. I've upset Jill Zarin a lot. The housewives are easy to upset. <laughs> right. Because they're new at being celebrities. And their egos are, and their so, egos are fragile, so big. Right? And they're so fresh at this. No one ever wrote about them. They were just like women on the Upper East Side or the mm. Lower East Side. And suddenly now they've been thrust into this spotlight. So um, housewives are, are easy to play with, but they always come back. Like right. you can upset them, but they're like a dog with a bone. They, and they, always, they, they want the coverage regardless. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm really careful about people that I've worked with and known. So I, I really, really lightly touch Jennifer Lopez or P. Diddy was a client of mine forever. Mm. So I try consciously to stay away from people sure. that I've worked with. And, 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 and it's a double-edged sword. If I hear really nice stuff about them too, I don't do it. It's just right. easier to sort of have a blanket. Mm -hmm. I sort of keep away from the, from, from these people. Okay. But I guess the ones that I upset the most is, is Housewives. Yeah, that's and great. It's too easy not to. <laughs> we, um, seems I, sort of like a badge I, of honor in yeah. a way. <laughs> it's so easy because they're so new at this celebrity business and their fame is so instant. They're famous. These women like are so famous. I know. I know 40, everything about like, them. At 45, they became famous. Like most, most people sort of spent their whole life trying to be famous. And in a weird way, they did, but they were famous in their temple or famous in right. their, you know, wherever they were. Occasionally show up on the society yeah, pages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, 
And Bethany's though the interesting one. Like, let's remember before Bethany did Housewives, she did Martha Stewart's Apprentice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Bethany had like a year a head start on these women. They were all amateurs apart from Bethany. So the first season of Housewives, Bethany knew where the camera was. She needs to talk in a soundbite. Yeah. Like, they're all talking in paragraphs. And Bethany would look at you and be like, get off my jock. Like, yeah. boom, that's the, that's the soundbite. She is like a maniacal genius. And she thought about it. I knew her the, during the first season to hang out, to have like dinner with, to like, she wasn't that famous and she wasn't famous at all. And would like hang out around New York. And I think she sort of kept a diary with her where if somebody said something funny, she'd write it down and use it on the show. <laughs> Bethany went into this, and this is respect to her. I'm not dishing her no. here. This is like, she went into that game to win it. Mm-hmm. Right, that's how it. you do reality TV. Yes, she went in to win it. The others were just like, oh, this is fun. You want to be yeah. on the promo. But you I mean, be yeah, you see people clip. who really fail at it. And right. then you see people who really succeed at it. And the people who succeed at it are not people you ever want to know in real life. Because <laughs> horrible people. But, like, you want to watch this them. is a full-time job. It's yeah. a full-time job to make yourself a successful housewife. Uh-huh. And the ones that pretend like, like Carol Radswell's a little bit phony too. Like when Carol's like, oh, I just sort of fell into I this. I just, you know, she added the E. It's C. <laughs> A-R-O-L. Caroli. She added the E to be fancy. Fancy uh, pants. Carol with the... Oh. She's another one that I've annoyed a lot. I bet. She's easily annoyable. She's, well, she takes herself very seriously. Like, right. She's a Radzowell. Although I don't think Lee Radzowell really ever acknowledges it. That's what I've heard. No. I've heard that they're not on they're good not terms. Close. I don't think so. And if she had a picture with a Kennedy, we would have seen it on the show. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, be framed. Agreed? Agreed. Probably. So I don't know if there's a picture with John John. Right. I don't know. Her best friend John. It would be framed above her mantle if there were. It would be blown up to the (laughs) size of like a skinny girl. Like like it'd be huge. (laughs) She'd wrap a buzz in it. So I don't don't know if I I don't think that's as close as she makes that. Who knows? Again, I think like to be like Bethany is good at it just because she knows how to play both sides. Yeah, she really knows well. how to do it. Nene Leake's brilliant at it. Yes. Teresa Judy, she sort of fell into it. I don't think yeah. she's great at it, but circumstances made her fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that is just like, oh. <laughs> the, the sort of her circumstances took over and made her fabulous. But I think Nene and Bethany are probably the two wisest owls of being reality stars. Yeah. Omarosa too. They're, they're from that school of, of, um, of, like, of public. And look of, at Omarosa now. White House. All, all the way in the White House. Ended up in the White House. I was going to say, I just am excited for like Bethany Frankel 2020. <laughs> don't, don't put it past them. Like, like now I never would. Check, don't put it past them. Um, yeah, and then like the White House will have like skinny girl branding everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. All the red. tapestries. That'll be <laughs> oh. the skinny girl. The skinny girl office will be the new Oval <laughs> Office. Wow, oh, Bethany. How does that work when a celebrity chooses to make their exclusive in People or Us Weekly? How do they forge these relationships? I think they already tablets? have them. So it's like okay. it's pretty much like you you decide whose whose side you're on, what magazines you like, mm-hmm. what magazines you don't like. You figure out. Um, um, what magazines can help you the most? Mm-hmm. Like you know, they they are aware that the celebrities, they are aware they're going to be on tabloids, and um, often people is the easiest one to to form that alliance with. But in, in, when I was at OK, it was OK they picked because we paid. Mm-hmm. Like it was that easy. They dumped people like a boom. <laughs> years and years of developing relationships with the fabulous People magazine. I write them a check. Buy people. Right. Like, so like, but now the money's gone too from magazines like. No one's paying anymore. When Jennifer Aniston wrote that blog, I think, for the Huffington Post last year, where she complained about always being on the cover, and she complained about being the, the subject of, of tabloid gossip. But I 
it's one of those things where tabloids are one of the main reasons we think about Jennifer Aniston all right, the time. Like, we see like, her all the bitch, time. Bitch, we're not thinking about you with smart water. <laughs> that might be why you're getting <laughs> you keep getting the smart water gigs because people know that they <laughs> like you. you. you right. They want to know about you. Yeah. They want to know about Rachel. Yeah, yeah, it's fascinating. But when they when they disappear from those, remember there was a summer where every cover was Kate Gosselin. Yeah. Oh, and, and as much as she complained about it, oh, I hate it, I hate it. She loved it. No, dance. there's no way Kate Goslin like is ever <laughs> upset about <laughs> news coverage. But now I think like now she's done. Like we don't care about, like, mm-hmm. about Kate Goslin. And that must be devastating. There was a there me. was a time when Jessica Simpson was on the cover every week. There's a time when Jennifer Lopez is on the cover every single week. When Jayla Je- still has some power. Jenna has yeah. power. Like, when, Jenna has when Jessica read the tabloids, do you did she did she find them fun? Well, was she reading them for that? fun? Just a small question. She lightly skimmed. She lightly skimmed. Right. Like, kind so of I like, don't she, like, I don't know if she read them. <laughs> she looked at the headlines on the pictures. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but and she wasn't picture, upset. No. She's I mean, there was days when she was like, oh, my God, I can't believe they used that picture of me looking okay. fat. There was sort right. of stuff like that. But it was never... No, I think they enjoyed it. I think these were the kids at school who liked having the attention right. and they always in the spotlight. And so I think they sort of liked it. I, I think they like... enjoyed it and they, mm-hmm. they read them and they laughed. I imagine that Joe Simpson read it front to front back. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, he's he was a sadder fish because he <laughs> took it like more seriously <laughs> and... Like he was more of a diva about it than she was. And, Shocking. Uh, yeah, you know, he was. He was tricky. The hard, I love Jessica. I still love her. Like I think she's a hoot. I've always yet. heard that mm-hmm. she's the nicest. If you have person. dinner with her, she pays, which I always like you if you do that. Yeah. Um, but like she's welcoming. She has friends. She has girlfriends. Mm-hmm. She's almost relatively normal. Casey, Cece, and, uh, what's Casey? A friend, Casey, <laughs> who's been around for that for twenty years. Yeah. Like, you know, she's not one of those bitchy girls. She's sort of fun. she drinks. She laughs. Yeah, she's, she's always struck me as being fun. very fun. Mm-hmm. Joe wasn't so much fun, but you know, it's really tricky when your dad's your manager. You can always see it mm-hmm. when celebrities start hiring yeah. relatives. You're like, oh, this is yikes. This isn't going to end well, and. It's it's such a tricky thing. I think feel at the moment she's not a relative, but while we watch what's going on with Mariah Carey and this new best friend, yes. Stella, oh, terrible Stella. Stella. There's a lot of thoughts at Jezebel it's about that. Just and now the single she's Stella's put out is tanked. It's come and gone. Right. It's already the single. Like, and why would you put a single out when you don't have an album? There's nothing to promote here. Like, you can't make money, any money off a single. You put a right. single out to sell the album. So or, like, to promote your show, but even that no just, one's into. And or Maybe you were just disappointed by how little people cared about your show that, like, maybe right. people will care about the single and people don't, don't care, care about the single. Although I do imagine, like, Mariah's people, like, making fake fake charts and being like, you're number one. It is funny you say that, though, too, because it is, you can sort of, maybe not as much now, but... Certainly 10 years ago, you could control the information they had yeah. because they really do have a bubble and it's hard to break into that bubble. And um, you could, you can, you can, you know, guide them in a direction mm-hmm. that's much more flattering. And, and they want to believe the truth. Who wants to believe bad stuff about right. them? Right. And so you that's, can sort of control information. That's one of the, the subplots in the Meryl Street movie, Florence Foster Jenkins. <laughs> oh, and, and Hugh Grant's job is to hide all of the bad reviews of her performance. This is actually just Florence Foster Jenkins. <laughs> <laughs> Jenkins chat. That was just our one long, really long intro. But, into, it, uh... but it's funny that in, in the movie it sort of played for laughs, but it's it ha- used to it at happened. least happen in real life as funny. It's we we um I didn't do but there's a, pre- a press agency I was working at and Sam Champion the weatherman was the client yeah. mm-hmm. and we couldn't get Sam arrested it was before GMA it was really really hard and the poor publicist got a restaurant sort of feature mm-hmm. in Time Out New York and Sam gave his favorite restaurant which happened to be a steakhouse and the headline was like it's not just the sun 
that makes Sam happy. He likes a big piece of meat. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my God. And I remember, like, every issue of Time Out New York was re- removed from the station. So That's I'm not sure wild. he ever saw it. Yeah, he's like, oh, I did great. He's like, when's that going to run? When's that ever going to run? You're like, oh, yeah, they, just, oh, yeah, they keep moving it. it. They want we'll to, like, save it. it for, like, a yeah. big issue. Now you, they Google themselves, and I think a lot of celebrities have Google alerts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, now, I know I do. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that you can't hide anything. They're going to uh-huh. see it. Yeah, wow. <laughs> That's I actually feel like I learned so much. I'm Me so too. Sorry. No, no I love it. I like again, all we ever want to know is like what goes in behind that. And you like are actually the expert in what goes <laughs> yeah. in behind it's that. It's a fascinating job. Like I loved being a publicist. I did love it. Mm. I remember one night I was at Bungalow 8 and Someone was vomiting. I can't remember who, but it was somebody fabulous. And I thought, <laughs> I want to be that person. No, I was just like, I didn't want to be a publicist. Like, I sort of hit the, the the top of my game at an early age. And I had, like, really big clients. And I was just like, I can grow old and sit at the desk right. and be fat and have a cat and, like, pretend that these celebrities are my friends. They're not. Or I can sort of, like, figure out what I want to do next. And so then... Um, You're like, I, I can just I, stab them in the I back. Want- <laughs> <laughs> With Bethany in the front. Yeah, like, exactly. She sees well, the like, coming. Good and so friends then I stab started, you in the like, front. As they I started um, um, at OK and I really liked it. And then, yeah. um, then when I was at the Huffington Post, I learned all the tricks of websites. Like, God bless Ariana Huffington. Mm-hmm. Like, she can teach you how to get traffic with... with yeah, sort of not that much. Like yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of aggregated. Like a, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors. The one and, time I met Ariana, she um, didn't even introduce herself. She just held out her hand like she was the queen. No. Do you yeah. know what she get when I met her for the first time? So I was at Poppy to AOL's website, and we bought AOL. She did like she yeah. thought the AOL bought the Huffington Post. She <laughs> thought she bought AOL. So she pretty much fired everybody. But because I was on TV, and she loves TV. I kept my job. Much the shenanigans of the real writers there. Mm-hmm. I was the worst writer, reporter on staff, but I kept my job because I was on TV. Right. And I had to go and meet, we called her mother. So I had to go meet mother. And <laughs> I went down. I, my, she, I'm aghast. I and she wanna... gave me, so we met, Haraba did love little me And then she gave me a signed copy of her book, <gasps> which meant she loved me. Oh my God. And in meetings where she'd go around the room, I used to love it. And she said, Raba, you need to fuck us. Focus. But it took me a long... <laughs> what did she just... Have You're like, do, do I? You need to focus. <laughs> You're like unbuckling. What? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Whatever you say, she's Ariana. She's a character, though. And like, she's in it to win it. So I learned from her, like, you know, have the confidence, start your own website. Like, if, you, if you're... If you're good at this and you enjoy doing it, I love sitting in my underwear in my living room, like poking out stories. I mean, I think that's why we do what we do. It's, I oh, love yeah. it. I sit there, I pick my nose, I'm in my underwear, my <laughs> phone rings, I bang out a story, cha 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 cha, send. And then it's amazing that anybody reads this shit. Yeah, it's a, I mean, Spelling it's amazing. We love this shit. Equally amazing that anyone will listen to this. <laughs> yeah. But they will. They will. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Sam Champion's listening, actually. <gasps> oh, oh, Sam, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Sam, you're a delight. <laughs> big he piece seems of very meat. happy. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with he liking does. a big piece of meat. No, no who not doesn't? at all. Who I doesn't? Like, I feel like that's a good place to wrap it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Yes, thank you thank for being you our so first much, guest. Thank you so much, Rob. This you're was very a delight. Very gentle. Yeah, no way. A better first guest than we could have expected and hoped for. This was great. Thank you guys so much for joining us for our very first episode of Dirtcast. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much to Rob Shooter. Um, who knew so much and was willing to share so much. He was a joy. He was a real joy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we had a lot of fun just like 
just watching him go. We, we had high expectations for him, and you know what? He exceeded them. He exceeded them, mm -hmm. and he like taught us so much. Oh, I feel like a more <laughs> wise woman now. And I really do. I I really want Maddie to get her dream job of being in that elevator at the Oscars and. Yeah, if only I just want to be like posted up in the toilets, um, just eavesdropping. <laughs> Taking notes on toilet paper. Yeah, it's kind of what I do anyway. Like I'm just like, I'm on the toilet. <laughs> I have noticed that when you go to the bathroom, you're in there for about 35 minutes. Um, you're keeping tabs on our co-workers. Bobby. Okay. okay. You're keeping tabs. <laughs> this episode was produced by Levi Sharp with editorial oversight by Kate Drees. Mandana Mofidi is our executive director of audio. Our theme music is by Stuart Wood. This episode was mixed by Brad Fisher. Want to send us a tip or just let us know what you think? Hit us up at dirtcast at jezebel.com. Or don't. <laughs>